my, my, hide in my Hotaka. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Wallace Chapman here. Kiemo Tono Mai Koto Katoa coming up on the program, keeping you up to date with traffic. By the way, here are some travel times as of 3 pm according to Wakagotahi. This is in Auckland, Auckland CBD to Hamilton, 2 hours and 26 minutes. Auckland to Hamilton. Uh, Auckland CBD to Walkworth, 1 hour and 30 minutes. And Auckland CBD to Thames, 2 hours and 25 minutes. If you're on the road around the country, let us on the panel keep you company. Text me, what are you seeing if you are at a standstill, 2101. Today, the official cash rate, how yesterday's interest rate hike will impact mortgages. Uh, I've done the sums on our own mortgage, and it's not pretty. I'm looking at hundreds of dollars extra a week. How about you? A Green Party MP calls another Green MP crybaby in a group chat message sent an error. Whoops. And what do you want the future of our postal system to look like? A mail hub or stay with the personal letterbox? A petition presented on that this afternoon. Also on the panel, a 10-year action plan unveiled for women's rugby to shift old school attitudes and millions of bucks pumped in. And I'd like to hear your view on this. Actually, let's do a snap poll. Just a short snap poll for half an hour. Revealed at 4.30, should Jacinda Ardern receive a dame or knighthood for her work? Yes or no? Why or why not? Recall Sir John Key received one some months after leaving office. So that just after 4.30, text me 2101 or email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With us today, Lavina Good, founder and founder member of the uh, Automotai Social Supermarket in Tauranga, and international Olympic commentator, Livina Kiora. Great to have you on the panel. Yeah, Kiora Wallace, Tanakoto Motu. A massive happy Easter to you and your team, Wallace, and to everyone stuck in traffic, including yeah. I might believe Sam Johnson. Absolutely. <laughs> Sam Johnson is stuck in traffic as we speak. In fact, uh, a little bit behind that, uh, he turned up at the wrong place in <laughs> We've all done that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, despite uh, giving him directions, he's turned up at the wrong place. So he will be uh, with us this afternoon. So uh, lovely to have you on. Anyway, let's turn to Thursday's mailbag. And, oh, dear, what have I got? I've got some. Okay, in my hand, I have an envelope. Uh-oh. And on the envelope, it says, to the damned panel. So, Ooh. all right, that's a good start, isn't it? So let's just Not open good. up. Let's <laughs> let's just open up uh, what this is about. The damn panel. I'm ripping it open, and it's from. All right. Oh gosh. Here we go. Peter in Wyndham in Christchurch, and okay, so. All right, it's not so bad. This is about a principal in Florida who was fired after a Renaissance art cast was shown Michelangelo's David, you know, the, the statue of Michelangelo. The complaint arose from a Renaissance art lesson where students were shown uh, this statue. He's naked, of course. Uh, the iconic statue is one of the most famous in Western history, and one parent complained that the material was pornographic and the principal resigned or slash fired. Peter in the... M envelope titled The Damned Panel says, I am really horrified that a huge chunk of the population cannot tell the difference between nudity and pornography. Uh, there is zero pornography 
to a nude sculpture, drawing or photo. Pornography is sexual intent and is projected upon an object by a pervert. It is not innately in the object. Uh, Adam and Eve were said to have covered their nakedness because they had realized it was wrong, but this is bull's wool. There's no pornography at all in nudity, and there never was. Um, I don't know where... I don't know whether you want to form a view on that, Lavina. Uh, suffice to say, I've never seen this statue uh, in, where is it, uh, Italy, have you? Yes, I have actually. I have You've... seen it in Italy. And I think my biggest issue with Peter from Christchurch is titling that the damn panel because I was ready maybe <laughs> for him to come out and say, this is terrible. What are you talking about? It was disgusting. But, I mean, it's cultural. It's artistic. There's nothing uh, pornographic about any of that whatsoever. And I think we've really got to be careful about crossing crossing over our waves and our swords in terms of what's pornographic and, and what's not. So, yeah, I don't know if he needed to title it like that, the damn panel, but <laughs> great that Peter from Christchurch is listening, Wallace. Hey, you've got another fan, another fan. Well, is he? <laughs> anyway, he got my attention, so thank you for the envelope, Peter. It sort of went around the office. Uh, and I believe Sam uh, is with us now, Sam Johnson. Uh, he is the project director at Still, former chief executive of the Student Volunteer Army. Sam, great to have you here. Kia ora, Wallace. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Get the directions okay? Uh, um, yeah, I got a little bit lost <laughs> when I was honest, but that's, that's mm-hmm. good. I'm mean, uh-huh. having a lovely, lovely day in, in Christchurch, and uh, Radio New Zealand has moved since I was last um, in the <laughs> studio here. So there's a, there was a nice block of townhouses where Radio New Zealand was when oh, I turned up. So um, now, they've gone up quickly. Uh, huge response to our snap poll. Should Jacinda Ardern receive a dame in knighthood? We discussed that. We reveal the poll just after 4.30 with a very special guest. Uh, yes or no, text me 2101. Uh, just on that, uh, we won't dwell on it now, but uh, we will come to that later with our panel. What has happened to our wonderful Prime Minister Jacinda is terrible. After 20 years of living in Australia, I was so pleased to return home to a very intelligent Prime Minister, a caring, thoughtful young woman. So, yes. Um, Michelle says, uh, no, I too wondered why Jacinda didn't get it right on child poverty and housing. I've come to realise that Kiwis have a latent selfishness that I think has seen the Labour Party being far too cautious on taking the steps needed. For example, Jacinda's early ruling out of capital gains tax, a huge mistake. And by the way, I'm a Labour Party member. So we'll talk about that later. And 50 years ago this week, the first mobile phone call was made. Do you recall your first phone? Mine was a Nokia uh, 1610. Um, John says, my story. My first mobile was a company mobile issued to me in 96. I took it back to my tech department to tell him, tell them it wasn't working. When asked what the problem was, I told them, well, I can't get a dial tone. <laughs> I had never used a mobile phone before. Round uh, <laughs> um, the panel, Lavina, do you recall your first mobile phone? I do, Wallace, I do. I was working as a news reporter for a regional Channel 9 organisation in Australia. The first mobile phone we used was connected to a vehicle and it was the size, not just of a brick, but more like a TARDIS. And I don't even mean the outside, I mean the inside. It was so massive. It took up so much room in the vehicle. And I've told this story to my teenage children over and over again and they can't believe we had a life without mobile phones. Like for them, it's going back to the 80s. 
1800s. They just can't believe that. But, yeah, it was a massive phone, very difficult to operate, hardly any range whatsoever, but I felt pretty flash trying to use it. And when you talk about a brick, how just how big was it? It was probably about 12 centimetres wide <laughs> and maybe 20 centimetres in length, and you could push the buttons without having to put on any morphity or any glasses, which is a joy because these days <laughs> I need glasses to operate a mobile phone. Sam, what about you? Uh, uh, Wallace, my dad had a brick phone. I'll never forget it. It was a you know, huge big thing, that just as described, um, you know, about the size of a half the size of a keyboard, really, uh, lengthways, and it was, um, it was really heavy, and I remember the big battery packs, and we used to play with it as kids, and he got really angry at us about it because it was you know it was used on the farm and it was just terrific um, and then I remember my first cell phone I had got it was a little Nokia one that um, we had it uh, and that was about when I was halfway through high school uh, and that was you know it was a big deal and it only was for text and phone and uh, I was at boarding school so you you um, you you did give it in at night time and that sort of thing mm-hmm. uh, but it was a yeah, very a good momentous nice. occasion Nice memory. And uh, we talked about this yesterday. The UK is banning wet wipes. uh, And uh, there was a near unanimous response here, even though I said, uh, hey, they were very handy, uh, uh, you know, with uh, with a little junior growing up. Wallace, I raised three kids and we did not have wet wipes. We managed with flannels, etc., then washed them with the nappy, says Kay. Uh, Anna in Ototahi says, yes, ban them. We've survived thousands of years. When my kids were little, it, it was easy to carry some water and small cloths. Uh, don't ban them, says one. Just lay the $6 million cost onto the supplier, who I'm sure will pass all, them onto the user. Problem solved. Uh, this was because, uh, Lavina, we had uh, someone from Watercare on yesterday saying that it costs Auckland, get this, around $6 million a year to unplug the city's drains, and a lot of that is down to wet wipes. Who would have thought? Yeah, it's it's incredible. I I listened to yesterday's show, Wallace, and I I heard those statistics, and I couldn't believe that amount of money um, had to be used to rectify it. But as a mother of three, I must say, growing up and also bringing the children up, it was much easier just having the convenience of wet wipes, especially if you're in a working environment and have a very busy family there must be an alternative of sorts but you know we never used to have nappies either and we had those introduced and then they went to landfill and and created greenhouse gases so we just need to find an alternative method I guess which is more sustainable and doesn't get thrown um, down the toilet in such a way and also we can send it off to landfill after we get rid of all that yucky stuff mate. Yeah, You just have to have them biodegradable wouldn't you and that's that's sadly the only way to get there is legislating it to be that way like they've done with plastic bad because people will not move naturally sadly but I, I, I'm not in that uh, field of knowing if there are yeah. if those ones exist or maybe they uh, hopefully they do very good all right Lavina good I've been thinking do you know what, guys? I've been thinking. I drove past a uh, sunbed shop yesterday in Tauranga, and I've been thinking how archaic it is to still have sunbeds available here um, in New Zealand to fry your body on a bed. Just seems ridiculous to me. And I think if anyone's ever used a sunbed here in Aotearoa, I can tell you that your risk of melanoma has been increased by twenty percent. And I'm sure a lot of young people don't realise that. If you use it before you're thirty-five years of age, it increases by sixty percent. Now, back in two thousand and seventeen, the government banned it for anyone under the age of 18, which was a good step, but they missed the boat. What they really needed 
to do was follow in the footsteps of Brazil, Iran and Australia and have them absolutely banned. And the reason why I'm passionate about this is because Mm. the melanoma incident rate here in New Zealand is the world's highest and also melanoma is the third most common cancer in our country. So the sunbeds, I think, are adding to those statistics and I feel as though we just ban them. So the temptation isn't there for young people, not under the age of 18, but still young people to go and fry up and get a tan knowing that they could literally be burning their bodies and creating cancer within themselves. Very good, Lavina Kia ora. Uh, All right, Sam Johnson, I've been thinking. Thanks, Wallace. Uh, well, I've been thinking uh, and learning a huge amount about long-term thinking and planning and really extreme long-term thinking. And so I want people to think about that for a moment. Um, and, because it's, and I'm doing this because for the first time, I guess, in the last 12 years, uh, I've transitioned to, into a governance-only role with Student Volunteer Army, and I'm now Projects Director for Still. Uh, and it's not the Chainsaw Company. It's the one that's best owned. Uh, Still is um, known as the owners of the world of wearable arts, King's Plant Barn, and Shape Energy. Oh, yeah. um, and, and we take a really long-term approach to business. And it's a, um, a wonderful Japanese family who own the, own the company, who've lived in New Zealand a long time. But I've, I've just been utterly surprised at the difference it makes to your decision making and the, the businesses that I'm helping in and, and, and the projects I work on. Uh, when you plan in chunks of 10 years or 20 years or 30 years, um, and when you start to plan your life and business affairs for longer, um, and no matter kind of what sort of level of, um, of funds and privilege you have, um, the, 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 it creates a different level of opportunity by thinking at a much longer term Longer term, you so guys. I just hope could, we, we can do that. You yeah. guys should have taken on today FM. <laughs> oh, look, <we're, laughs> That's strategic. We're, we're, That's very long. We are up for all sorts of projects. So any, you know, let us know. If, but generally, a business. But um, maybe yeah. maybe not one for us. Just I've yet. <laughs> been I've been looking at the still website. Very interesting. You are open to ideas and interesting projects, aren't you? From across, and what's interesting is across the spectrum. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's a lot about the fundamentals of human nature. So, so things that uh, there's quite a big arts focus is pr- quite a big. Um, the stillness is actually more about distilling great things into little things. Uh, the connection to nature, the connection to energy, uh, connection to uh, sort of um, resilience and that sort of thing. Uh, so, we were open to ideas and particularly um, sort of smaller businesses that are that may be a fit for us. Have a look, jump on and, and get in touch. Would love to love to hear from you. All right, uh, Sam and Lavina Kiora to you now. A big response on our snap poll today should Jacinda Ardern receive a Dame knighthood absolutely Jacinda should become Dame so proud that she was our leader another one here, no she should not get a gong, much promised very little delivered and I voted for her text me 2101 you're on the panel on RNZ National wonderful to be with you